In 2014, Scottish artist Katie Patterson established Future Library, a project in Norway that collects literary manuscripts from contemporary authors that won't be read until 2114. 2114, a year that very few of us alive today will live to see. Uh, the year in which, if I live to see, and I assure you, I won't live to see 2114, and I'm okay with that, I would turn 124 years old. This past week, author Han Kong added her manuscript, Dear Son, My Beloved, to Future Library in a dramatic fashion. A native of South Korea, Kong wrapped her manuscript in a white cloth that is usually used in South Korea for newborn babies and for burials. Before wrapping her manuscript in the white cloth, Kong dragged it through the Norwegian forest whose trees will eventually be used for the printing of these books in 2114. When reading this story early last week, I was struck by Kong's artful articulation of her demonstration when she said, it was like a wedding of my manuscript to this forest or a lullaby for a century-long sleep, softly touching the earth all the way. So this is time to say goodbye, end quote. And goodbye, she and the assembled crowd said, as her manuscript, never to be read by an adult living today, was put to rest for the next 95 years. Future Library, if I may say so, is a bold act of hope that assumes that future people, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren, will have an interest in the things we take interest in and that our ancestors took interest in, beautiful works of art and literature, the stuff of being human, the stuff that brings us meaning, purpose, and helps us ask the big questions about who we are, where we've been, and where we're going. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. In contrast to the founder of Future Library, the enslavers in the Acts of the Apostles are concerned about the future, not because of what they want to leave for their descendants, but because of the bottom line they want to meet in the present. If our slave is no longer a lucrative fortune teller, a source of steady income for us, then our world as we've known them will end, they say. Paul and Silas can't just come here and destabilize our way of life. So they put them in jail. The enslaved, and I do have something in common with St. Paul. He's annoyed in this passage which is one of my range of emotions, is being annoyed. So if St. Paul can be annoyed, I can too at times. 
the enslavers in this text reveal something important about economics. That the way we spend money, make money, the ways we budget our households or our communities or for cities, states, and nations says something about our values, about how we understand our place in the world. For them, the enslaved woman, stripped of her bodily autonomy and agency by demonic possession and enslavement, is nothing more than a cog in the imperial economy of exploitation, a means to an end, an object, not a subject. When St. Paul orders the demon to leave the woman in the name of Jesus Christ, he is offering that woman the space she needs to flourish in her own body. And that is consistent with other exorcisms throughout the Bible. The expulsion of a demon or an unclean spirit or a spirit of divination frees a person to begin afresh on a path toward wholeness. But it rarely ends there. Exorcism not only benefits the individual being exorcised, but it benefits whole communities. Imagine, if you will, what it must have been like for this recently exorcised woman to return to the squalor in which her family lived. We have our daughter back, her parents probably said through tears of confusion and joy. Now, while Episcopalians are not as enthusiastic about demon possession and spirits and angels and the invisible workings of our multi-layered universe as some of our religious friends are, there is something wise about mining these stories. Because if a person, if a person can be possessed by a demon, then so can a community or a nation and by extension, whole economic, social, and political systems. The good news is that if a demon can be cast out of an individual, it too can be cast out of a community, a nation, and whole systems. Can I get an amen? This reminds me of the exorcism Jesus performed in Mark's gospel in the region of the Gerasenes. We remember this story every year. When the demon, who called itself Legion, which is an imperial militaristic term, is cast out from the man, the legion of demons possess a herd of pigs. Very strange story, very strange story a source of ceremonial and cultural impurity in Roman-occupied first-century Palestine, sending the local economy, not unlike the one in Philippi that we read this morning, into a frenzy. And that is what can happen when God's liberating spirit is unleashed in the world. Lives and people and ecosystems and nations are made whole and systems of economic, social, and political exploitation are put to flight. As we await the day of Pentecost, that great feast of the Holy Spirit 
in which we commemorate the Spirit's outpouring and thousands are baptized into the early Jesus movement. We are awaiting an end to systems of exploitation and dehumanization. When all flesh from human beings to coral reefs are set free and afforded the dignity due our existence in this spinning cosmos. The Spirit's presence in our lives, the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives, like the life of the enslaved girl in Acts, will not always look like an idyllic pastoral scene from a painting from the 19th century. But sometimes the Spirit's presence in our lives looks like an economy being loosened from the death grips of oppression. Sometimes the Spirit's presence in our lives may look like a South Korean novelist dragging a ceremonial white cloth through a forest in Norway, wrapping a manuscript no living adult will ever read in it and trusting that generations yet unrealized will join the chorus of those who say, who have sat down with the good book and sigh and say, this, this, this is what it feels like to be alive. Amen. <laughs>